Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hello everyone, here is Daniel with another episode of our Ecom show and today I'm here with uh, Chase Clymer and uh, yeah, he he's, has a lot of experience with uh, scaling e-commerce brands, so that's why we are here today, but uh, I let Chase to tell us more about it. Hey Chase, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing fantastic, uh, I'm excited to be here, so thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I've been in the e-commerce game for six or seven years now. Um, been the founder uh, of a mark of a market not marketing agency. Uh, we're more of a full service thing, but a founder of an agency called Electric Guy. Uh, we only work with Shopify brands, so we designed and developed like very optimized websites, and then on the tail end of that, we kind of help with uh, marketing and advertising as well. So that's kind of the space we've been playing in for the last five years, and kind of through that, we've uh, uh, we've made a lot of awesome impact on our clients, made them a lot of money and kind of not not shortcuts per se, but kind of found a, a good strategy to follow to help people scale their business. Amazing. And uh, how long have you been here in, uh, in this? Uh, we so the agency is about five years old. And I think within the first month of the agency, we decided uh, to go strictly e commerce. Uh, with kind of our focus and the types of clients that we wanted to work with. And then I think within three months of that, we were like, we're only going to mess around with Shopify. Uh, that's the platform that we uh, that we're particularly good at. And, uh, you know, I'm lazy. I don't want to learn anything else. Yeah. Probably Shopify is the fastest growing e-commerce platform um, in the last few years it's been. Yeah, sure. when we when we kind of like uh, made the decision to to stick with Shopify, like it it had some name. It was definitely like the new player in the space at that point. It was it was getting kind of an edge on everybody, uh, but we had no idea that it was going to be like as big as it became. Yeah, yeah, and actually, the founder Tobias, I think he he's from Germany originally. He he started this company almost twenty years ago. So actually, it's not a new company but uh it just got the traction like probably five years ago or a bit more well um, originally originally it was like uh he his his original company was a snowboard company actually yeah and he hated all the solutions that were out there to sell stuff online so he <laughs> custom developed his own uh you know e-commerce thing which evolved into shopify yeah yeah it's a great story um so please tell us more about your scaling system. I know it's built around three metrics or three, you know, columns, AOV, conversion rate and sessions. And please tell us more about this system. Why these, why these three? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, anyone that uh, like that reaches out to work with an agency, ours or yours or anybody's agency really, uh, or, you know, consultant or freelancer, whomever they're talking to, you know, the merchants usually saying something similar to, I just want to make more money. I want more sales. I want to grow my business. Right. Yeah. Sometimes they'll come like with a pre predetermined like strategy or tactic to like, 
you know, I need to do Facebook ads so I can grow my business, right? Sometimes they've thought a little bit ahead, but you know, at the at the end of the day, it all kind of always comes back to, you know, I just we need to grow this. How do we grow this? We need to make more money. Like we need to grow the business. So um, a lot of that comes from just the longer that you're kind of in consulting and like in this kind of space, and the more that you work with clients, uh, you kind of just don't accept what they want to do, and you just start asking why a bunch, and you start to really uncover what like they actually need to do and what that what actually is kind of holding them back and where they really want to go. Uh, so that's this whole like thought process called Socratic questioning. Uh, which is essentially it comes down to someone tells you something and then you just keep asking why, and then you'll learn lots of cool stuff. But, uh, yeah. So doing this for the last five years, uh, we've, we've kind of, you know, learned that, you know, everyone wants to grow their business and they kind of don't care about how you do it as long as it gets the end result that they want, which is, you know, we want to make more sales. So now let's get back to the brand scaling framework that you kind of like identified just a second ago. So this is kind of um, how we strategize growth for all of our e-commerce brands, right? So what we want to do is say a brand comes and talks to us and we're like walking through stuff and we're learning about that brand. I'm going to look at like three those three main metrics uh, during that conversation. So the first one being their conversion rate, uh, the second one being their average order value, and the third one being sessions. Now, when people come and reach out to us, they usually have already like determined that we need to do marketing, like we need to do Facebook ads or Google ads or TikTok's the rage. We got to do that now, right? They've already determined that's what they need to do to scale. Uh, and some agencies will just do that, right? That they don't, they won't yeah. think any further, and they'll just go go forward with kind of what what people want to go forward with. And the way that we position these conversations is like, well, that might not be the best idea, and here's why. So if you take, let's just talk about like last 30 days is how we do it. But you know, for, for younger brands, you can do maybe last 90 days. For newer brands, it could be or for larger brands, maybe it's a, a, a shorter metric that you want to look at. But it all just comes down to this, right? So if you look at the averages for the last 30 days for your average order value, your sessions to your website and your conversion rate, and you multiply all of those numbers together, you're going to get a total sales volume that is ridiculously close to what it actually was. Because this is just the law of averages, right? So those three name, those three numbers are the numbers that are hitting that are, that are going to be what makes you get your sales volume for that kind of time frame. Like we do thirty days, so your monthly sales volume, it's like it's a very very easy snapshot into kind of like how that looks, right? So if I'm gonna like you know work with a client and they're like we want to make more money and they've determined that like the way we're gonna do that is we're just gonna dump all of our money into Facebook and Instagram advertising, right? That may not be the best idea, right? Because like if the other two numbers are like almost more important than the amount of traffic you're getting for a younger brand. Uh, if your conversion rate's terrible, when you spend a bunch of money to acquire, you know, new traffic to prospecting, it gets new eyes on your products. Like they are aren't they're not going to convert at the historical conversion rate. They're actually going to convert less than your existing conversion rate because they've never heard of you. So first, your conversion rate is immediately going to take a hit when you go down that path. Also, that traffic spike only exists as long as you have a budget to pay for it. So, you know, if you're going forward with just investing in that part of, of growth and thinking about it that way, you're kind of like self-sabotaging yourself and it's almost a recipe for disaster. Like that's kind of how some brands go bankrupt is because they don't look at the whole picture and they're like, "Well, we just got to keep putting money into ads, keep putting money into ads." 
But you know, if you take a step back and you look at how the ads are performing with the conversion rate and their average order value and what their actual returns are and what the return on ad spend actually is, you know, they might be actually losing money. So that's yeah. not the approach that we ever want to take. Our approach is usually, okay, we're going to focus on the other metrics first, right? Because those ones are harder to improve, but the returns when you do improve them are just way better. So first one is your conversion rate. How are you going to improve your conversion rate? Like it's there's a lot of things you can do, but the ones that you like can physically impact as like an agency or as like a merchant or store owner if you want to do this stuff yourself, like it's basically you just got to improve the user experience and the customer journey needs to make a lot more sense. So, you know, what does that mean with like some tactics, right? So, an easy one is like your page load, like if it's if it's slow, you got a million apps installed, you got a whole bunch of extra code in there that's just slowing things down. That's a bad user experience. Like that's going to affect your conversion rate. So oftentimes a lot of what we're doing is we're speeding websites up. Uh, we're also retooling their navigation, making that make more sense. You know, collections and categories and how the mega menus work. Yeah. Uh, smart search is like crucial on mobile. Uh, we do the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, there's there's just you know, there's a you know, there's not one size fits all solution here for improving uh, kind of the UX, the user experience to improve a conversion rate. But you know, when you've been in this game long enough, you can look at a website and quickly identify what's wrong. Um, and then kind of in the same thing, like while you're making all these website improvements in an effort to increase the conversion rate, it's probably the right time to sit down and strategize on how are we going to increase the, the average order value as well. So average order value is something... I think it's the most overlooked metric in this whole formula. People just kind of accept what it is and kind of... And yeah. that's that, which I think is, is short-sighted because yeah. it's like... Now that like we've been doing this, so it's like it's it's like not hard, but it does take some foresight. And it's like just like, okay, what are your most popular products? What else are people adding to the cart with those products most of the time? Make that a bundle. You know what I mean? Bundles are the number one ways to increase your your life, I mean your average order value. Um, yeah. you know, and, and you can and it can be done on Shopify as simply as just make a product that's both the things in one and have a combined price, right? That's a simple way to do something like that. But you know, what we're usually doing is more advanced tactics like uh, like a custom build build a bundle thing, like those really work. Um, you know what I've seen really well on like some clothing stores is like you'll be on like a, a just a, a standard t shirt page, uh, and then like near the add to cart buttons a call to action, like a more subtle call to action that's like add three to your cart and like buy two get one free or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right there, that's an upsell uh, into yeah. a bundle that's going to raise your AOV. Um, you know, there's a bunch of places all over the website that you can add these like subtle kind of upsells. And when you're thinking about that, it's the, the best way to think about it is like people like to buy, but they don't like to be sold. And I think a lot of the off the shelf apps that exist in the ecosystem like are very jarring and they like take you out of the experience and like you realize that you're being hustled and it like doesn't feel right. And then you just like abandon. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, but when you're on like when you're on these like really sexy, slick websites, like you don't realize it's happening. Uh, and you're like, you know what? I do want more than one T-shirt, or like, I do want to add these socks to this order with my shoes, um, and it, it just feels right. Um, you know, there's a bunch of places that you can add these like subtle cross sells or upsells. Um, you know, we internally we get <laughs> it's funny. Everyone calls them upsells, like out in the ecosystem, but they they are actually literally cross sells most of the time because an upsell yeah. is like an upsell is like you're buying a ten dollar shirt and then I sold you a fifteen dollar shirt. And you get rid of the ten dollars shirt. That's an upsell. 
But a cross sell is yeah. you buy the shoes and I'm selling you the socks. That's an ups. That's a that's a cross sell. Yeah. But you know that's all semantics. The long and story. There is down sell, which I can rarely hear. But when you try to sell it for ten bucks and then you sell for five bucks or you know for a lower amount. But yeah, that's the definition. But um, almost everyone says just upsells. Yeah, everyone upsell. just everyone just defaults to upsell. But you know what's funny is I don't see. I think that's a very uh, under. We're getting kind of off track here, but I do like the idea of the of the the down sell. Uh, especially if you have like a low skew count and like someone abandoned cart on you know the f- the four hundred dollar product, and you you've given them given them the whole you know abandoned cart sequence that you should have built out appropriately you know three or four touches there, uh, and you know you've pretty much decided they're not moving forward with the four hundred dollar item. Maybe you have a two hundred dollar item that could probably help just just as well, or maybe it's not as good, yeah. but it's in the price point. You try to sell them that thing. Um, we, we do that. We send reviews. Of course, first you try to sell the same product what they just left for like three emails, let's say. And then we sell or uh, we send reviews in the next email. And then after we send out something like two emails with uh, similar products in the same collection. And um, we hope that they buy. So because we can see abandoned abandoned card series with five six emails promoting the same product it's annoying don't do that so yeah try to cross sell similar products um yeah yeah but i i think like so the aov part of it is like i think it's the funnest cuz you have to like really think about it and it's always a challenge cuz everyone's products are different everyone's business is different yeah. but when you when you get that right like conversion rate and aov are like the any win you have there is a huge win compared to traffic because traffic is the almost the easiest one to affect at the end of the day. It's uh, a commodity, right? These days, or I'm, it's very commoditized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Uh, you know, you got Facebook ads, Instagram ads. You got you. You know, you could you could have some amazing content that's bringing in organic stuff. Uh, you know, just your brand equity you could just have natural search volume. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways to get traffic to your website. Um, so, anyways, going back to the whole the whole thing, we focus on those three KPIs, and they're they're super slick. Um, I see a button here that I can share my screen. We actually have like I have a okay. spreadsheet that Let's I walked try. through. We never we... used it in the show, but we can try. Okay, I mean, yeah, I've never used it either on my show, but I want to I want to see if this. Let's see how this works. Yeah, let's try. Okay, so share my screen. Uh, okay, it happens best with two monitors. Well, I only have one. Let's find the out show, what happens. <laughs> the, the show is video, by the way, but the podcast is audio. So try to explain it. As, I'll explain as it. Yeah. As, yeah. I'll explain it. All right. So we are sharing my screen. So cool. Can you see this? Can you see the spreadsheet now? <laughs> Actually, uh, okay. Uh, give me a second. I need to share it. Um, all right. I think I should remove our faces. Yeah, this is this is us using technology in real time. Everybody, we're we're learning on the fly. Full screen. Okay, I think I think we can see it. Yeah. Cool. So this is just like the spreadsheet. It's just as simple as the math that I walked through earlier, right? So, and this one's a little more robust of like things going on with it because this is the spreadsheet that I'm using because I'm actually writing a course on our brand scaling framework right now. I'm writing it for Shopify. Okay. Um, and hopefully it'll be done within the month or so and it'll be out there on the Shopify Compass Learning platform thing. But anyways, so uh, here's kind of what what the brand scaling framework kind of comes down to is like 
Here's your conversion rate, one and a half percent. Average order value of sixty-five dollars. Twenty-five thousand sessions a month. That's going to be about twenty-five thousand dollars in sales a month. That's about three hundred thousand dollars in yearly sales, right? So those are like where we're starting with things. And so this is what happens when people just like focus straight on on traffic is they just dump like all of their money into into paid ads, right? Improving their traffic, improving their yeah. sessions, right? So let's say that they doubled their their traffic, right? So it's going to be same con- conversion rate, same AOV, 50,000 sessions now, right? It just doubles everything, right? It's $50,000 a month in sales, almost $600,000 a year in sales, right? But that's actually not realistically what happens. It actually is going to tank their conversion rate a bit. You know, I'm saying by 10%, but it's probably going to be more than that realistically. So it's going to take their conversion rate down to 1.35. So in reality, it's kind of not necessarily completely doubling. They're going to be more around like $43,000, $44,000 a month and only a real improvement through the year of $234,000 a year. And all these numbers are just, you know, kind of made up, but this is how this stuff works yeah. when you think about it. So this is like when brands just straight up only focus on traffic, like their realized gain is only about like a quarter of a million. Well, let's look at like another brand that focused on UX first. So their conversion rate and their AOV. So let's jump over to that. So these are the same start starting numbers, one and a half percent conversion rate, $65 AOV and 25,000 sessions a month, right? So again, it's like $25,000 a month, $300,000 a year is like what this brand is bringing to the table. But let's say there's just, you know, we had a home run with improving their user experience. You know, uh, this these numbers like going from one point five to three percent isn't unrealistic, but going from like three percent to six percent is realistic. There's like diminishing returns. Um, yeah. But you know, let's say that this was a home run project. You know, maybe all their traffic was on mobile, and their mobile they just didn't have a mobile experience. Like that's those that's a real thing that I've experienced in my life, like doing this thing. Uh, so let's say you know you redesign the site mobile first, and it just crushes it. Now it's converting at three percent. Just that gain doubles their you know it doubles their monthly sales. But also while we are doing this whole project project, we strategized on how do we increase the AOV, right? Let's pretend that this was a t-shirt company, and we came up like with some cool like bundling thing, right? So mm-hmm. we increased the improve we improved the conversion rate uh, by twenty five percent as well. So going from sixty five dollars to eighty one twenty five. Uh, so that itself. Uh, also improved things, you know, about fifteen thousand, about six thousand dollars a month. Just that thing, if the conversion rate didn't change. Uh, but together with those two things, so an increase of one hundred percent, an increase of twenty five percent. So these things like all multiply together and they're compounding. So it's actually an overall improvement of a hundred and fifty percent. So that that gain is more along the terms of sixty thousand a month is what they're currently is now what they're doing versus what they were doing of twenty four thousand dollars a month. And then here's the real thing is when you think about it in this regard, when you're focusing on your improving your UX and improving your offer, so improving your AOV, when you focus on it this way, those realized gains, so your increasing conversion rate and your increase in AOV, those things just stay around. It, it's, they're not just there as long as your budget's there. Those stay around forever. So it is... An infinitely better investment than you know mm-hmm. just going going on focusing on traffic first, but uh, let's say that you know, and then this is will be the next part of our process. So like we are like, all right, let's focus on conversion rate and AOV. Let's make that thing. Let's make the website make sense, make it awesome, make it f- really fast, make it super optimized. Put in some of these upsell motivators, and we do all that jazz first, and we get like some results like this. Then we're like, okay, now let's turn on the gas. Let's invest into increasing the traffic. 
you know, and that's how you see people have these crazy uh, case studies like this one right here with some made up numbers, but these are pretty realistic numbers. I'm, I'm not lying people. Uh, you know, they're getting a 400% improvement over the year. So they're going from like roughly doing $300,000 a year to doing almost $1.5 million a year. It's because they walked through this framework and they realized what they needed to do. And then obviously we help them do it or anyone can do this themselves. It's not hard. Uh, you know, I, I kind of walked through it here, but I really want Daniel, I want you to like ask me specifics or, or, or where did I miss things? Yeah. I'm, so basically, if we can see a crazy case study where, you know, the brand scaled up very quickly uh, by themselves or, or by an agency, I can see these a lot. It's not just because of ads and because that agency or that uh, that brand is amazing with uh, with ads, but also because they are experts with the offer, the AOV and with the website UX yeah. as well, with the CRO, right? And all of these things um you know they are they multiply basically and then we can see huge growth like four or five x growth in a few months which is just crazy but if they focus only on ads then it's really hard to see these things and, yeah uh, i think also, and that's, it's mm -hmm. usually like when you when people are thinking about their what when they're allocating their budget I think ads is the first thing they think about. So they're allocating all of their extra marketing dollars towards ads. So then like yeah. improving the experience and like strategizing on increasing the offer doesn't get the, the, the time and love that it needs. And so they're kind of stuck in this rat race. Exactly. So <clears throat> a few of my questions that I, you know, I, I took my nose before this call. So what is the number one system a brand should build? I mean, really, cool. let's say I want to start uh, your system, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, let's say I want to start an e-commerce brand today. And where should I start focusing from day one? Yeah. All right. This is a great question. So it, this is like to sidesteps our whole scaling framework. There's like a even a better system that you need to build in your business from day one. And that's like some sort of content machine, right? You need to be producing quality content like on a very like at like on a, on a repeatable cadence right so for for younger brands maybe that's like every quarter for more established brands maybe that's every month um for brands that are doing the thing like this is almost a, like they're producing content every day right and this is a very difficult system to build uh you know there's a few moving parts but like let's take a let's take a quick example of like most like of a fashion brand right you know let's you know, we need to be producing quality lifestyle imagery, right? So it's yeah. finding it's finding consultants that you like to work with, you know, freelancers, photographers, what have you, sourcing the models, sourcing the locations, coming up with the ideas, uh, you know, building all that out, knowing what your shot list looks like, knowing how you're going to use all that content after you get it, dropping it into a Dropbox and then doing nothing with it is worthless, right? You got to put that stuff out there through your socials, through your emails, through, you know, updating stuff on your website. Uh, you know, you have to build this whole thing. And then you have to keep doing it. And it just needs to start happening without your involvement. Um, so I think building that system is something that takes a lot of energy and effort. But once you do it, you're going to be in such a better place when you move to work with an agency like ours or yours or anyone else's or just doing this yourself. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to sell ourselves. Like, yeah. You can do this stuff yourself. You know what I mean? It's just once you get to a certain point, it's worthwhile hiring people is kind of my whole thought process. But uh, once you have all that content in place, it's a lot easier to 
build a better user experience because they have a lot, to, a lot of cool stuff to pull exactly. from. It's better. It's like you can build out these amazing email sequences with beautiful imagery and, and content because there's a, there's already stuff there. Um, you know, for advertising, uh, that's like the key, especially with social media advertising. Like having stuff to test and like iterate upon is crucial. Like you can't have like four pictures and a twenty thousand dollar Facebook budget and say go make me money because those things are going to be so they're they're going they're just not going to work, right? People constantly want to refresh their creative. Uh, and I saw something the other day, and it was like brands that are like seeing like insane returns on Facebook and Instagram still are probably producing twelve to fifteen times more content for those purposes than other brands. Yeah, I can hear it more and more from Facebook ad agencies that the reason why they all outperform their competitors because they create more creatives, more imagery, more videos, and also more UGC. So user-generated yeah. user content. You should ask not just for reviews and you know send service, but also people, uh, your customers should send you um, photos, videos, um, and all of that. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm starting can, to evolve that kind of the, the way that system builds in my mind to like, there's there's three steps to it, right? There's like, there's mm -hmm. the content that you're creating uh, internally for mm -hmm. your agency. And then there's content that you're creating in partnership with influencers, right? That's something you need to build out. Uh, so like when yep. you're sending someone your water bottle, uh, you know, some fitness person, your water bottle, like you, you should be like, all right, well, I want these X, Y, and Z is what I need from you for you to get this free product. And then you're allowed to reuse that everywhere you want to reuse it. Right. And then the third one being that user generated content. I think a, a solid blend of those three on the creative side for advertising is like, that's going to do some cool stuff for you. Yeah. 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 And then there is the fourth number, but that's, uh, oh yeah. Uh, that my favorite number or yeah metric so you have to reach a certain level to calculate with that but lifetime value customer lifetime value is key as well and uh, just the other day i discussed with my team that uh, okay lifetime value and if you are starbucks or nike i think the lifetime value of starbucks customers it's around twelve thousand dollars um which is really like lifetime because if you buy yeah. a coffee every day, uh, then over the years it will be a big amount. Well, hey, let me let me ask you this, Daniel. Let me ask you this. So, um, that number is insanely huge, right? Yeah. But you know, they did their calculations. They figured it out. What is probably the number one reason why I should know what the lifetime value is of my customer, uh, in as, as far as marketing goes? Great question. So I think it gives you an advantage if you know it. And um, yeah, we, we could talk about calculation for, for a long time because I think for Starbucks is 12,000, uh, but depending on different calculations, it can be from 8,000 up to 20,000. So, you know, it's, it's more like a range. But I think the primary thing, if you know this number, or at least you have an idea, you know how much you can spend on acquisition of your customers. While people who just think about, okay, I will spend this money, I hope they will convert, so we, we will make some money. Um, you know, those guys, they don't think as long-term and they cannot think as long-term as uh, people who know their LTV. 
Yeah. Okay. So Starbucks is a crazy example because those guys have deep pockets. They've been doing this thing forever. You know what I mean? It's a legacy brand and they've got the bank account to bankroll, like some insane customer acquisition costs. So let's talk about like a just let's say that the lifetime value of a of a of a new couple year old million dollars a year uh direct to consumer brand, like their lifetime value of their customer is around two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Let's just say that. Um, what what do I armed with this information as a founder or or a consultant or whatever? What do I what do I do with this? What are some decisions that I can make? Yeah, so I think if you know it's two fifty, you said right, then uh, you know how much you can spend on ads. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's up to you to I guess to address your margin. You know, if you want your margin to be seventy percent, just do the math. Two fifty to seventy percent. That's like well, that's like seventy five dollars. Be like you'll pay up to seventy five dollars to acquire a customer, or maybe you'll be more aggressive and you're cooler with a fifty percent margin. Be like I'll pay up to one hundred and twenty five dollars to acquire a customer, or you're insane and you know that the lifetime value is going to go up uh, in the future, and you'll be like, if we're breaking even yeah. on acquiring customers, we'll pay two hundred fifty dollars to acquire a customer, um, and that's usually what separates like scaling agencies from agencies that are maybe like not a not agency sorry like but scaling brands for maybe brands that are kind of like floundering and not really yeah, understanding what's going on yeah it yeah it's like agency once, commerce, yeah. once you realize customer acquisition is basically a free atm if you put in a dollar and you get two out once you realize how to do that uh you you have a a very successful business yeah yeah but it takes time to collect those data so we manage the clavio account of around 30 companies now and we can see big differences for some brands the ltv and actually it's not ltv it's future lifetime value for one year this is how clavio shows this to us and for some brands it's two three thousand dollars they sell high ticket products subscription based great business model but others dropshippers, you know their aov is like i don't know 40 bucks and the LTV is 50 so because there are no returning customers. So it's just a different game um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, I was on a podcast the other day and, and the guy shared with me something. He's like, if, someone, if someone's AOV is under $75, we just won't take mm-hmm. them on as a client because they're not going to have a good time with how expensive things are now. And he's like, yeah. I, I, he's like, I turn people away all the time. I say, go work on your AOV. And they come back to us when it's above $75. They're like advertising, like getting into paid ads when it's below that isn't even worth it. Yeah, I I agree. Um, so yeah, but keep keeping it more realistic. So let's say somebody has a brand. You started, let's say, I don't know, one, two years ago. And maybe you think, okay, lifetime value, but Starbucks is a huge company. I think they started 50 years ago. It was their anniversary in March, I think. Uh, so, you know, established business, but okay, I'm a young brand. What to do about this? I think uh, what is smart, you should calculate one year. Um, that's realistic. And, uh, you know, the bigger you become, the more you can forecast and see the future and count on that. But when you are new, I think one year is realistic. You can see it in Clavio. That's our go-to email software. It's really smart. It can even predict your future LTV. And all of these things help. Yeah. But if you are just starting out, then AOV. I think that's a. I think that's a better. That's a, that's some great advice there. Like a one year kind of prediction. Um, I've seen it go down. Like I think uh, I've seen it kind of ninety days. Like earn back is like what I've seen some companies talk about. It's like how how 
how quickly can we earn that money back within 90 days? Like what, what do uh-huh. those statistics look like yeah. as well? And I think for younger brands to scale profitably and not like acquire too much debt, because you know, here's the secret for a lot of people out there. Like a lot of these brands that are you see all over the place with Facebook and Instagram ads are going into debt with you know with money that they're either financing from their investment partners or taking yeah. on you know capital loans. Like they're going into debt to put all these ads out there to try to acquire customers. And yeah. if you aren't if you don't know your numbers down to a science, you know, that can be a very, very scary path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really liked what you showed that uh, chart. And uh, if I can, uh, if anyone can find it in your course, we can oh, find it, it. Well, I'll just send you, I'll, I, have a, I have one that you can just make a copy of. Uh, yeah, I'll send, I'll send it to you and we can link to it in the show notes. Okay, that's great. That's great. And uh, actually, Chase, is there anything else you want to share today? Uh, if you like the insanity that I just shared, I mean, I have a podcast as well. I'm a podcast host. Uh, I, I host Honest Commerce. I put about two episodes out a week, uh, and I'm just you know I'm either talking to brand founders and having them kind of share their story and s- share the honest truth or, about how to grow an e-commerce business. Uh, those those e- uh, those interviews are very very fun for me. And then I also interview subject matter experts like Daniel and uh, other amazing smart people in the ecosystem on there as well. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, so if anyone is listening to this episode and if you found this interesting, then check out uh, Chase's podcast and uh, maybe you can even get into the show. I know there are some amazing brand owners uh, who are regular listeners. And uh, thanks again, Chase, for coming. And thanks everyone who listened to us today. Stay tuned. Every Thursday, we are coming out to the new episode. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.